And we're here on the K&M Podcast. Ken Brown from WGR Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Detroit Lions football. Week 18, game 17. Hello, Mike. Hello, Ken Brown. Mike, I tell you, when um, the Lions were 1-6, and six, I was saying, are we going to have enough stuff to talk about the rest of the year? <laughs> are we going to be able to make it to week 18 and have a podcast where people actually listen to it? But there's actually stuff going on. Excitement in the air. Week 18, Lions still – I love it when you turn on ESPN or turn on NFL Network or whatever and you see in contention, in the hunt, and the Lions logo is there. That's just That, to me, celebrates the turning point in this rebuild. Oh, absolutely. And I like when like there's, there's a show on ESPN that I watch most mornings. At least I watch a little bit of it anyway. That's called Get Up. And they've really come down strong on the Detroit Lions in the last couple, two or three weeks. Now, when they got beat by Carolina, it sort of dropped off the face of the earth, you know, for for, for part of the week. But, boy, after that, that win last week over the Chicago Bears, not that the Bears are really a good team, but the way they just took them apart, that's, once again, the Detroit Lions, you hear the, the, the pundits and the pros and the former general managers and all that saying the Detroit Lions are a team you don't want to play. Right. Well, of course you want to play them because it means you're in the playoffs. Right. But a tough out for anybody. Right. Well, before we get to that, though, I, w- I would be remiss if we didn't spend yeah. at least five minutes talking about the incident on Monday Night Football and what it means to football going forward and what it meant last night. And for those who are been in a cave or in a tunnel and don't know, there was a – Suspension of the game last night, maybe even a, a, a end of the game. I don't know if they're going to make it up or not, but um, safety DeMar Hamlin from the Buffalo Bills on a routine tackle, it looked like, had a cardiac incident. Um, he had to be resuscitated on, on the field. The game ended there after a long wait to see if they were going to play it. And um, right now, I don't know any news about how he is or whatever, but it just put a pall on football for that night. And Mike, you've seen three or four of these incidents. I know. I know the world didn't start until Twitter started. Where we talking about this has never happened before, <laughs> but this has happened a couple times. It has happened a couple times here in town, and you were there for I think all of them. Well, three that I can, the, the three that really are. When you say major, look, they're all major. But three that really were, you know, heavily covered. One was I think it was 1971 or 72. I forget which year, but. Uh, uh, Dan Ewald, my colleague at the time at, at the Detroit News, we went to the, the Sunday game against the Bears, got a couple of press passes, which was common in those days, and really we're just going to watch the game and help out if they need it as well. That's the game uh, uh, where Chuck Hughes passed, died on the field, literally died on the field. They could not resuscitate him. I remember taking him off. They were wheeling him across the field at Old Tiger Stadium, and you could see his arm just dangling on the side of the you know, and and sure enough, yeah, you know, some maybe 30 minutes or 40 minutes after that, he was they had announced that he had he had passed away. You know, the next big one. I mean, I say they're all big ones. But I'm just talking about the ones that got the publicity. Uh, was Mike Utley, uh, really good offensive lineman, a young offensive lineman for the Detroit Lions, in his third year playing against the Rams uh, late in November, blocking for a touchdown pass by Mike Farr gets pitched forward, gets the crown of his helmet, and just explodes the bones in his into his into his uh into the back of his neck and mm-hmm. all his vertebrae and all of that paralyzed for life, quadriplegic and then what turned out not to be quite as serious or anywhere near as serious I should say, nineteen ninety seven, 
uh, a game most known for Barry Sanders going over the 2,000-yard mark, but also in that game, uh, uh, Reggie Brown, a second-year linebacker who really looked kind uh, like a budding Pro Bowl, all-pro type of player for the Detroit Lions, had a player land on the top of his helmet, just boom, crunched his vertebrae, uh, nearly died on the field, but he was resuscitated, taken obviously taken off in, in, in an ambulance, as was Utley, and uh, but the news turned out to be pretty good for him. I think he, I think he had a press conference two or three days later at Henry Ford Hospital, you know, the one down there, not far from the Fisher Building in Detroit, and he actually got up and walked to the to the podium and and to, to take questions and so on. So he got off the best of all of those, but he had still some, you know, some function that was, uh, you know, damaged for life, but really nothing to the degree that the other guys, obviously. Chuck Hughes, of course, being the worst of all. Yeah, and I just want to say that this is an evolution of 25 years. And, I mean, you talked about this earlier. It may be a little different, but the Reggie Brown, to me, was the same. It was panic on the field. Reggie stopped breathing for a while. The ambulance had to come get him. I remember Johnny Morton running into the end zone and bringing the the stretcher down. Um, They continued that game, though. Yes, they did. And, like I said, we talked about this. I don't want to get deep into it because I don't want to get too deep into it, but it – it was a few differences, like maybe Reggie was stabilized when they got him, so they continued it. But if social media would have been around, they would have not continued that game. And it's it's amazing, all these tweeter birds last night, talking about this has never happened before. It, it, it's almost exactly the incident. It's just that over these 25 years, well, I think people have evolved a little bit. And I think because every, everybody knowing about it, like back then there was no Twitter, so if you weren't watching the Lions game that locally or whatever – you wouldn't have known what happened until after the game. Right now, everybody knew last night. It was Monday Night Football plus Twitter. They were they could not have continued that game. No, I agree with that. But you know, even Adam Schefter, I heard him say a couple of times, well, we have never had uh, ambulances on the playing field. This has never happened before in the history of the game. No, it has. It was I'm ambulance on the field in the Patriots game with the Lions this year. Right. No, it's yeah, With Sabian uh, Smith. And the one thing I, uh, I heard late last night, and then again many times, actually I heard it this morning, it wasn't last night, how the teams drill for these things. They have their medical staffs, and they practice it in the offseason and during training camp, and they re- 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 you know, rehearse it and all that. So they're ready to go on all eight or nine home games, whatever whatever you have. So and even even chart out the route to the nearest, you know, trauma one trauma trauma one hospital in the area. So there's no uh, you know, there's no delays, there's no catches, there's none of that. They get the best, best care you can possibly get. Uh, sometimes it's not enough. That's just, you know, that's that, that's the nature of it too. You, you never know how it's going to hold up. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not going to get too deep into it. And I, like I said, we, we have prayers out for uh, Young Hamlin, and hope everything turns out. And we're going to proceed with the rest of football. We're not forgetting about it, but I just felt that we needed to talk about that first before we get into the. Lions and what's going on with them, but um, like and I said, just one other, well, just one other thing about him and and, and players like like him. He was a sixth round draft pick, and was making you know the second year he made himself a starter this year. I think he started thirteen or fourteen games, and really was on his way to having a really good productive career as a player. And uh, now we don't know what's going to happen. You know, you never you never know the miracles or recoveries and all that. But if he doesn't, you know, he in another two years, he'd probably be a four or five million dollar player taking care of his family for life. And then all of a sudden, all of that changes, just bingo, just like that. That's, you know, the, the stress on the family, the, the, the love, you know, his mother was at the game. 
just it's just a sad thing all all the way around. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, and um, like I said, um, everybody knows what could happen. You never expect to see. And I, like I said, I'm not gonna get into it because I only want to do spend a few minutes on it. But the way supposedly if that incident happened, if it's that myocardial or whatever it is. It has to be an exact hit at the exact time with the exact heart pumping at the exact same time. It's, it's just infanti- infantile amount of, um, I want to say infantile time consequences yeah. to it. It yeah. has to be perf- perfect. And it, that's why it's rare on the field that that happens, but it can happen. It's like somebody get hit in the chest with a baseball. You have to hit when the heart is pumping at exactly the right pace to do that. And that, that seems like what happened right now. I don't want to get into it because, like I said, I don't know oh, well. for sure. But it's just... These things happen, and we move on. Um, let's move on yeah, to the Lions because I don't want to – we could spend all day on this alone, but well, like I said, our prayers are out to yeah, yeah, just one other thing. Just to back up what you said, too, one of those medical professionals was on one of the shows this morning, and she said it's a, mil- a millisecond makes the difference. Yeah, a millisecond. A okay. millisecond, yeah. yeah. My gosh. So anyway, like I said, prayers out to Mr. Hamlin and hope everything turns out all right. But – Let's get into the Lions. I know this is secondary to somebody's health and life and death, but the Lions will be playing a Monday, a Sunday night game. They finally get flexed to a, you know, a game outside of Thanksgiving where the country will see it. Um, the only bad part is that Seattle will have played at 425, so we'll know probably when the game starts if it's for the division, I mean for the playoff spot or not. It will just be Green Bay going for it. You'll know ahead of time. I think the NFL messed that up. They should have played them both at 8 o'clock at night because the other game doesn't have to be a national game. You could have just played it at 8 o'clock at night for the two markets to see, and that way the games go simultaneously, and then that would have been a better outcome because Seattle has a point that if the they think that if the Lions aren't playing for the for the playoff spot, they're not going to play as hard, and they won't, you know, they, they won't. I'm not going to say they throw in the game, but they won't mentally play as hard as they would if they were playing for a playoff spot, and that hurts them. I agree with them. Oh, I agree with them, but I think the Lions will play hard until now if the game gets, you know, maybe a 14 or 17-point deficit, you know, midway or near the end of the third quarter, then they might say, okay, guys, we've had enough and, and play some guys who don't ordinarily get a lot of playing time. But I think the Lions, no matter what that, what's, at, what's at stake or what's not at stake, when that game starts at 8.25 p.m., uh, Detroit time on Sunday, what, their intention is going to be to play as hard as they can and beat the Green Bay Packers. I don't think there's any doubt about that. No, they don't have to worry about that because the Packers, To uh, you know how much I hate the Packers. When I say hate, I hate in a sports way. I don't hate people really, but I do hate the Packers. Yes, and I hate do. Aaron Rodgers. No, <laughs> Yes, you do. My, my sports hate. <laughs> I hate Aaron Rodgers and I hate the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers is a whiny, whiny man, and I hope the Lions hand him his hat this Sunday night. Even if this, if the Lions aren't playing for anything, I'm just sick of them. And he's just, oh, just I don't even want to talk about Aaron Rodgers right now. But I like the way to set up. Dan Campbell embraces this. He even said before, right after the game on Sunday, that hey, let them win and let us go and let us play for it. And I, he wants them. And this is one of those games. This is a playoff game, Mike. Without being a playoff game, if this is the oh. best the Lions do this year in, in year two of the rebuild, this is a playoff atmosphere. So you can see. Who the guys you're going to war with? Who's going to be there for you? Well, if if if, you, if the Lions lose and you say that, and, and some and, and the narrative is, well, this doesn't count; it ruined the season. Then you've been looking to you've been looking to say that since. Yeah, you just want to be miserable. You just want to be miserable, right. right? Then you can be miserable think, by yourself because I don't want to be yeah. miserable with you. 
I think no matter what, on I think it's been a good season for the Detroit Lions. Winning and not making the playoffs would be even better. Winning and making the playoffs would be a great season for the Detroit Lions for where they've been in recent years. Think about this, Kenny. They were one. They were three thirteen and one last year, and one and six after seven games this year. That's four and nineteen with one tie. Look where they came from that start. That start over a season and a half. Four nineteen and one, and they ended up going seven and two the rest of the way. Got a chance to make the playoffs. Had a chance to get to eight and two. I think it's been a pretty remarkable accomplishment for this team, these players, these coaches, front office, the whole the whole group. Yeah, no doubt. And like I said, good to me was when they got back to 7-7, seven seven, good season. Very good yeah. seasons when they finished the schedule, home schedule, with more wins than losses. They were 5-3. and three. Were they 5-4 and four at home or 5-3 and three at home? I think 5-4 and four at home. They played nine home games. They won five. But they at least finished with a positive home record. That, to me, is okay. And now... And also 4-1 and one in the division, Kenny. Yeah, I was going to get to the division, and I was oh, going to get to if they win this last game, they'll be 4-4 four and four on the road, which to me, those are those are the things you look for when you see teams coming up. How are they doing in division? How are they doing in conference? How are they doing on the road? And that's the three things that I see that are the best part of this rebuild this year. Right, it's a lot easier to hit the golf ball when it's teed up. Yeah. The Lions are taking some out of the weeds here. Yeah. That's pretty good. Now... As good as the thing is, as we've been talking about, and I'll talk about Green Bay in a minute, a couple of things in the Chicago game I'm a little concerned with. Oh, and none oh. of them are offense. None of them are on offense. 40, 40 I know, but 10. I'm concerned with Akuda getting benched. I am too. This is yeah. three games in a row where he's played poorly. The Minnesota game, he was sick. I gave him that one. But then he played poorly the next game. And he was benched this game. And Mike, a number three pick, even though they didn't pick him, and they don't have an allegiance to him if it comes down to it. Brad Holmes had nothing to do with the pick. But when you look at Sauce Gardeners of the world and all these other guys, Mike, that's not. this is not good. No, it's not good at all. I thought, you know, 10, 12 games into the season, I thought he really was developing and he was a good plus player. But he hasn't been, you know, look, it's it's not a 12-game season. It's it's It's... 18 weeks, 17 games, and, and he hasn't finished the way you want him to finish. Now, we'll see what happens on sun, you know, on Sunday in Green Bay. Does he resurrect himself? I don't know. I don't, I don't see him trending in that direction now. I, th- I thought he was trending up until, until these last you know, three, four games, whatever it is, and now he's certainly, at the very least, or very best, I should say, I could say about him is that he's flattened out. But, you know, it's sort of like more instead of flattened out, it's kind of going downhill. Well, I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna give him this. There's the most games he's played since he left college. He's this is really his first full season right. playing. So I'm gonna give him that. But there's a decision to be made in the off season if they're gonna pick up that fifth year option. And I, I, if you put me a gun to my head right now, I couldn't tell you which way the Lions are thinking. No, I can't either. I can only tell you what I would do. I wouldn't. But. Uh... And not for any any other reason. I just, I just wouldn't. You know, I just you've got to be trending in a certain direction. And and like I said, I wouldn't. And the worst part about it is that means another position we have to look at in the off season instead of having that position covered. And you could go ahead and right. do everything else. Now you have even if he plays the rest of the, the year out and they go to playoffs and he he starts whatever. 
you still got a question mark there that you're going to have to make a decision in the offseason. Is that position filled or uh, we have to look for something else? So it's just uh, something that didn't need to be done. That position should be covered for the next eight years. No, I would I, I would agree with you, but but that certainly is not the case. At least, you know, look, could, could he turn everything around on, on on Sunday against Green Bay? I mean, I think he can play well, but I don't think it erases what happened in the last two, three, four games. No. So that's the one thing I had for Sunday. I mean, from Sunday's game, that was a little downer to me. Yeah. Um, everything else looked up. I still say, I still say on that defense, though. Yeah, they are. If they're they're missing the guy, and Aiden Hutchinson may become the guy, and you know James Houston will be a good sack guy. I think he'll be strictly a sack guy. I don't think he'll be a every down the guy, but he could be. But they had one more big piece of that defense in the offseason, Mike, and the growth I think the young players will have. I, I think that defense has a lot of potential next year. No, I really do too, and, and I, I agree with you. You look some guys who, at the start of the season, you might not have expected them to be major players. And I'm not talking about not, not the guy, but uh, John Kaminsky. Did anybody expect? Didn't even know who he was at the beginning of the season. Not really, but you know, look, he's a, he's a guy. He's a known guy in the league and all that. He's played, but boy, I'll tell you what, he he fits what the Detroit Lions do. And the Detroit Lions fit what he does, and it's a it's a mutual fit. He's good for them, and, and their their system is good for him. And Josh Paschal, second round pick from Kentucky, missed a lot of uh, training camp, a lot of the preseason, and a lot of games. You mean all the training camp? Well, yeah, I'm being nice. <laughs> all the training camp. How <laughs> I say that when I forgot something? <laughs> but he's uh, he's playing really good ball. He really is. What is he, Mike? I think he's I think he's an inside. Pass rushing defensive end. Okay. I think he plays more inside than he does outside. Okay. Uh, he's, he's, I think he's strong. He's he's built. He's just got that. He's got that build. You know, he's got power, and I, yeah. I, I like the way he plays. I really do. Yeah, I like it too. I was like I said, you know, when that draft came and they called him for the second round pick, I was, uh, I want to see, but I like the thought process that Brad Holmes went through to take him in the second round. That was pretty good. So you took a couple of ends. Now, James Houston fun in their lap. I don't want to hear nothing about, oh, we knew what he was going to be. But uh, right now, he's a missile, man. Eight sacks in, what, six games? Um, I mean, wow. No, absolutely. You know, he's got – I don't think it's a fluke here. Now, I don't think he's going to get – you know, I think he's going to be a 20-sack man or anything like that. But I think he's going to be a, you know, a 10, 12, 13, whatever, you know, sack, sack player. I just think he's got that – He's got that athletic ability that you can, you know, look. He can get he can get low coming around the you know coming around the edge. Yeah. Not everybody can do that, you know. And those guys, when you do, you're hard, it's hard to block. It's hard for those big tackles to you know get down and get as low as he gets. Oh, they showed a play the other day where the buff he went low on the Buffalo tackle. Man, that guy, that yeah. tackle had no chance to get that low. He was like, it was like at knee at a. At probably knee level, and I'm like that tackle's done. That tackle barely could bend over his waist. I said no chance, and he got a sack off no, of it. That, 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 that tackle couldn't have gotten if, if, <laughs> if, if Houston had played in slow motion, That's right. played in fast motion. No, if he was he sitting in a chair, chance. he couldn't have got that low. No, no. So, well, that's why I said it looks good. Now, saying all that, saying all that, here we go. Hold comes on, the week eighteen. <laughs> yeah. And I look back on it anyway. If the Lions even would have won that Carolina game, they were still going to have to win this week. They were still going to have to win this week. Okay. So, okay. 
you know, that's just the fact of the game. So it might they might have been able to get it with a victory they would have been in for sure, but they still would have had to win this week anyway, no matter what Seattle, because Seattle would have been tied. Right. With so you still had to win. So it hurt you a little bit because it's a question mark if you can get in, but you still had to win. So it comes down to this Green Bay game. You beat them the first time 13-9. Not a great game aesthetically. It was a good game for you because you won. Both teams, to me, have gotten better since that time. This is Lambeau Field in January. The temperature, according to what they're saying right now, is not going to be that bad. It'll be in the 20s, but at least it's not going to be one of those below zero games with snow right. blowing. It might snow a little bit, I guess, but none. we've seen worse games. The only thing I, I have a problem with, Mike, and there's always something funny going on when they go to Green Bay. One year, remember Sam Twan got or whatever, threw the ball out the end zone. Yeah. There was a Herman Moore was one step out on a, a play before. Barry Sanders gets Four minus out. one yard Four in the times, game. Yeah. It's all this funny stuff that happens in Lambeau Field with the Lions, and I don't want to see that this week. No, I, I agree with that, but uh, I don't know what you're going to do about it. I was listening to their uh, head coach's uh, uh, Monday press conference, and he talked about how the light is different for night games in Lambeau <laughs> Field. I said, come on, buddy. <laughs> Who's that, LaFleur that said that? Yeah, Matt LaFleur, yeah. <laughs> come on. But I thought, come on. But, you know, I'll tell you, he was very complimentary of the Detroit Lions, especially the offensive line. He talked about talked about it at length, and he said it's, it's, it's the Philadelphia Eagles and the Detroit Lions are the two best offensive lines in football. And it'll, I don't disagree with him. I don't study every other team the way he does. But, but if, if he says it, I believe it. And, and the same thing, Eric Rodgers said pretty much the same thing, and he also said they're not the same old Lions. Well, yeah, okay. Prove him right. Prove don't him even right. don't even give me an Aaron Rodgers quote because I don't want to hear it. But I don't care if it was positive or not. <laughs> I don't like him. Um, and you got to remember this: the Lions' offensive line has played exactly zero snaps as a full offensive line this year. Well, you're talking about because the one guy didn't play. Yeah, because Big V didn't play. I'm just saying the starting offensive line never played one snap the whole year together. No, but and the they still guys, had a great line. But the five guys who've been who, who've been doing most of the playing have played a lot of games together. No, I know. I'm just saying that it would have been even better if they would have had their whole starting line together for the year. Because no, I, I Big it. V was a very good player. Yes, I agree. I agree. You know, so they, that just shows you how good the line is at the four of them together. And Ragnow has been playing basically a 75 percent all year. And, you know, next year when he's more healed or if he has surgery afterward or it heals up or whatever. He'll be back to – he wasn't even playing in his best form and he was still a pro bowler. That shows you how good some of these guys are. Yeah, Ragnow's the best center in football. I don't think there's any – When he's healthy. He's yes, he is. Yes, he is. But I'm just saying, he's at 75% of what he could be now because of that no, I, foot. I don't think anybody's out playing in that center. No. Don't. So it comes down to this, Mike. And like you say, I'm sure you don't know, but – okay, this is the Lions dilemma. This is Detroit dilemma. Listen to this. Right now, the Lions have the Rams' first-round pick. It's number six. With a loss, it will be no lower or higher, as you say, than number six. It could go as low as four or three. I think it goes go as low as four. So a lot of people will say, I'd rather have the pick, let the Rams lose to Seattle, because the Rams are playing Seattle this week. If the Rams, if the Rams beat Seattle, the pick could go all the way up to number nine. Still a top-ten pick. But that'll give the Lions the opportunity to play for the title. Now, option three is the Lions lose the game, which would give them about the 18th, 16th, 18th pick in the draft, and the Rams lose, and you get the fourth pick or fifth pick. 
you had a fifth pick and 18th pick. Would you rather have a playoff opportunity or would you rather have the draft picks going into next year? I'm all for winning. I don't care if it's a preseason game, a regular season game, playoff game. You play to win. It's, I I don't even want to discuss it. I agree. And like I said, if if it comes out at worst and you have a you go to the playoffs and you draft in the 20s and you get the ninth pick from the Rams, I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll, I'll take it any day of the week. I'll take any it. Any day of the week. Now. And the, when you've got two first-round picks that are in fairly good position, the manipulating you can do plus the second-rounders and the third-rounder they have, there's no reason that the Detroit Lions can't get done what they want to get done in the 2023 draft. Well, no reason whatsoever. We'll get to this later on, but my philosophy is with that Rams pick, wherever it ends, trade down off of that pick and try to get another first rounder next year where Tina wants to come up maybe for a quarterback or something. And then that'll give you three years in a row with two number one picks. And that's how you set a franchise up. Well, let me just ask you this, though. If you trade the pick away, how can you have two number one picks? Well, if team trading up, they're going to have to give you their pick this year and next year's number one. I'm saying, if I got to trade down, I'm fine with it. Because right now, you're at the point, you just want to add real good players. Because there's no great player in that draft where you're drafting. The, the Georgia guy and the, and, and the Alabama guy are going to be gone, and there'll be quarterbacks there. But, like I said, you might not want to get involved with that. So, like I said, this is a story for another time, but I'm just putting it out there. If you can have three consecutive years of two number one picks, then you're in business, Mike. Sometimes I get a headache thinking about you. <laughs> 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 I can feel it coming on. Yeah. I'm searching for the, the aspirin already. I hear you. Well, I let's talk about understand what you t- but, but the idea of would you rather have the win or, or, the, or the pick, I take the win every day of the week. Oh, yeah. Like I said, Mike, these last three games have done more for experience for that young team. And I'm not even counting if they go to a playoff game. Just these last three weeks. You had a must-win that got you to 7-7. Seven and seven. Then you had a loss that you learned from. Then you had a comeback gigantic win in your last home game. And now this game here. These last games have done more for that franchise moving forward than anything else that could have happened this year. No, I would, I would agree with you. I really do. Even you know, when you think about it, it's, 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 it's not fully accurate to say it, to put it this way, but I think maybe in the long run that loss to Carolina might have helped this team in the long run. Now, it did help them in the short run, and it was terrible the way they played. But I think they learned a lesson there. I really do. And that's, you know, as a young young player, they've got so many first, second, and third-year players there who've never been to the playoffs. Now they know what's at stake. Now they know what it's like to win, and they know what it's like to blow a, to blow a game and lose. Yeah, they know what yeah. it's like to walk on the field and think they can throw their helmet out there and just win. Absolutely. No, so, you know like what? I said. Right. The other team's got good players, too. That's right. That's right. Now, before we wrap up here, because we're about to wrap this up, and I'm going to say it one more time. I hate Aaron Rodgers yes. with sports passion, and I just want to yep. see him get it handed to him again to see that smug face at the press conference afterward, explaining so he can spell the word relax again and you can relax your button to the offseason because I'm tired. Just putting him out of the playoffs is worth more than anything. <laughs> you know? I just I don't like him. But anyway, it's going to be a good game. Clear, yeah. Now, the national media has already got Green Bay in the playoffs. I've been watching for two days now. And it's like Detroit ain't got a chance. Green Bay's going to playoffs. Aaron Rodgers is the greatest thing since sliced bread. And him and Brady in the playoffs would be great for ratings. Blah, 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 bl
let's spoil the national narrative too. This is I'm telling you right now. This you can slay so many ghosts with a victory Sunday night. Well, yeah, I'll tell you what, to, to, to back up what you said, on ESPN, when the announcement came out that uh, this was going to be an 8.25 p.m. start for this game, they worded it this way. Green Bay Packers playoff drive moved to 8.25 p.m. <laughs> the Detroit Lions don't exist. No, they're the Washington Generals to the Harlem Globetrotters of this thing. <laughs> you so, know what I mean? So, yes. Yeah, so, that's, that's, that's the way Sports Illustrated, not Sports Illustrated, ESPN, my mistake. ESPN, that's the way they framed it. <laughs> yeah. Tanya, God. Well, like I said, the national media. Now, Romo, I'm assuming, is doing the game, right? Is that is – is, no, this is the um, no, Mike Tirico game. It's Rico game. Okay, well, Romo has already announced the Lions are back at Thanksgiving. This is the national coming out party, and I'm going to tell you right now, this is a big game for Jared Goff. Absolutely. Because Jared has been balling up to now – when you get, he's at twenty nine and seven touchdowns interceptions. When you do four to one touchdowns interception, that's a good damn season. I went and looked it up. I think there's only one other quarterback that's four to one. I don't even think Mahomes is four to one because Mahomes has twelve interceptions and forty some touchdowns. So he's not even four to one. I think that's the best ratio of any quarterback out there right now. No, that reminds me of Aaron Rodgers in his prime. Right, Aaron Rodgers' prime. Aaron would have like what thirty nine and three or something. He would be something real like low that, interception. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. So golf is having that type of season, but you put the cherry on the top. You go into Lambeau and play a good game. Yeah, just play good. Everything will take care of itself. If you if you don't, you lose, you lose. But just play good, solid football. That's all. Have we um stopped the all discussion now? Who the quarterback for next year is? Uh, for me, long time ago. Well, you for a long time ago, but. Have we not finished with that? We've we've decided now. Uh, you know what? Until we feel like talking about it again. <laughs> <you know? laughs> uh, uh, absolutely, he's going to look. He's going to be the quarterback here for the next five to eight years. And his next when Lions in another year, going to have to look at his contract and say, "Boy, is he underpaid?" I have to renegotiate him and all that other stuff. And he's going to be here for a long, long time. I know we got one game left, but unless disaster strikes, I'm going to ask you the question right now. Is his season better than Stafford's 2011 season? Uh, no, because that look, they hadn't been in the playoffs since. No, no, no. I'm not talking playoffs. Season. No, I know, but they hadn't been in. They hadn't been in the playoffs in so long that he really. That, that's look. He had 41 touchdown passes, 5,020 or 30 yards. No, it wasn't. It's not. It's not as good. I think it's a better season. I think yeah. it's a better season. I'm gonna tell you why. Stafford, I think, had 15 interceptions that year. So he yeah. had a lot. Okay. I remember that. Yeah. He had the 5,000 yards, I agree. And they did go to yeah. playoffs. But I just think golf has been consistent all year. And like I said, he could blow it in his last game. But up to right now, if he finishes off with like a three-touchdown three performance this week or one tu- two-touchdown, one pick, as long as he doesn't have more picks than touchdowns this week, mm-hmm. 30, 30 touchdowns and less than 10 interceptions, I, I I gotta think that's the best. That's a better season. I just I, we'll talk about it after when it's completed. But just think about that. Keep that in your mind. The, if okay. it's not the best season, this is the second best season of any quarterback the Lions have had. Well, it's been a good stretch of football for him, and I think it's probably been more impactful than Matthew Stafford's last three years here in Detroit, where they got nothing done. It wasn't his fault, but there was just no, no. impact on what he was doing. No. And but but again, if you put Matthew Stafford behind that offensive line they got now and that offense, it, he would have had a good season too. 
Absolutely. He will. Absolutely. All right, Mike. So um, we're not doing a Friday thing. So let's get a prediction out now. I want, this is the prediction. This is where we're going to do it. Seattle Rams, give me a prediction. Then Green Bay, Detroit, 8 o'clock, Channel 4, Sunday Night Football for all the marbles. Give me your two predictions. Okay, Rams 23, the Seattle Seahawks 21. And now for the big one. Packers 20, Lions 30. Oh, what a homer. What a homer. (laughs) You're right. On this one, I am. I'm going to put it like this. The Rams are going to lose. And they will take it to the fourth quarter, but Baker Mayfield throws an interception or does something stupid like Baker always does, and they lose. Lions get the word right before game time that they can't get to the playoffs, but they can put Green Bay out. And I'm taking Green Bay 29 Detroit, twenty three. I just don't. I just it's so much funny stuff happens in Lambeau. I hope I'm wrong on both counts, but I just think they're gonna both ends of this are gonna go bad. Well, let me just give you one little thing, one little statistic here on the Lions and the Lions and the Green Bay Packers. In the last eleven games played between these two teams, the Detroit Lions have won six, and the Green Bay Packers have won five. Very good. Take 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 that take that home, Jerome. All right. Oh, and I got to add another one to the craziness of a Lambeau Field. Um, Trey Flowers getting two penalties at the at the oh. end of the game, two phantom penalties on grabbing face masks or whatever they called, and he didn't have his hand anywhere near. And then they lost that game. I mean, it's just it's always something going on up there, man. I think we may have to invade. I think the state of Michigan may have to get the <laughs> the militia up, and we may have to go up there and invade Wisconsin. I just think we might have to take that town over. We'll come in there with our Yugos. That's right. Come, in, <laughs> come across that uh, that uh, letting to the ferry. Come in on, right. the, on the water, you know, like a, a fake landing, a D-Day landing. So, all right. But anyway, Mike, we'll talk next week. We'll do a season wrap-up. Um, ladies and gentlemen, when the K&M podcast started, we told you we're going to relax and have fun this year and watch the team develop. I think, Mike, we have um, – laid our promise out there, and I think it was accepted. I think this has been a fun season. I think so, too. I think the Lions uh, took, uh, backed up their end of it, and so have we. That's right. So until next week, and we'll find out if there's going to be a playoff edition or a recap edition. This is Kim Brown from WJR and Michael Hare from DetroitLions.com talking Lions football.